1: Hi, it's Joanna Oakey here and welcome back to Talking Law. Today we're talking about the fascinating topic of directors' duties. Many directors I speak to have very little understanding of the personal risk of liability that they're running when they're managing a business. I recently came across a new legal opinion in Australia that warned that directors who don't properly consider climate-related risks could be found liable for breaching their duty of care and diligence. This reminded me how important it is for directors to be acutely aware of how far their director's duties can potentially extend. So let's back up a bit and start with the basics. Let's start off with who is a director? So a director is someone who is validly appointed as a director. So that's a pretty obvious one. It also includes alternate directors. It also includes people who act in the position of a director, even though they haven't been formally appointed. So we call those people de facto directors. And finally, it includes someone who regularly gives instructions to the directors of the company and the directors act on that information. So here we're talking about someone who's telling the directors what to do, essentially. And we call this type of person a shadow director. So these are all the types of people who will be considered. To be a director of a company. As you can see, it's a bit broader than just people who are, in fact, registered as directors of the company. Then, secondly, once we've worked out who is a director, then what are the duties for those people who are directors of a company? So, as a director of a company, you have the duty to. Firstly, apply care and due diligence in considering all the risks that might apply to the company of which you're director or companies, if you're a director of many. So let me say this again. So you need to apply care and due diligence in considering the risks that apply to the company. So what does this mean? This means being financially informed. So you need to be actively informed about ongoing financial position of the company. It's not enough just to be aware of the financial position of the company only at the time that you sign off on the accounts. You need to understand the financial position of the company. You have a duty to ensure that the company isn't trading when it's insolvent. So essentially, you need to ensure that the company is able to pay all of its debts when they're due, i.e. that you're not allowing the company to enter into contractual obligations, for example, if there's not a reasonable expectation that the company is able to meet or pay for those contractual obligations. You need to keep financial records that are adequate or ensure obviously that the company has adequate financial records. So if an action for insolvent trading is taken against you as a director and the company has failed to keep adequate financial records then it will generally be assumed that the company has been trading whilst insolvent. So it's really super important that you're keeping financial records in a detailed and adequate sense. So the second duty as a director to consider is to take care when handling other people's money. Now, I think that's fairly clear and speaks for itself. You also have to exercise your powers and duties in good faith in the best interests of the company. So this means that you need to act fairly and honestly and being careful in your dealings. You need to exercise your powers only for the purpose for which they were given and not for other purposes or improper purposes. So essentially this means you can't improperly use your position to get an advantage for yourself or another person that causes detriment to the company. You can't improperly use information that you obtain through your position as a director to gain an advantage for yourself or another person or to cause detriment to the company. And you can't apply company property for your personal benefit or for the benefit of another person without the authority of the company. You also have a duty to avoid conflicts of interest with the company. So this means that you've got material personal interest In a matter that relates to the affairs of the company, you should disclose these. And usually that's done at a meeting of the directors. And finally, the last duty that we're going to talk about today is ensuring that the company files and meets its PAYG and superannuation contribution liabilities on time. So you'll become personally liable for the liability if it's more than three months old and the debt hasn't been reported to the ATO. You'll no longer be able to absolve personal liability by placing the company into liquidation or into voluntary administration. So I want to say that again: be very careful, because you, as a director, can become personally liable for the liabilities or certain liabilities of the company if those liabilities, being PAYG and superannuation contribution liabilities, are more than three months old and the debt hasn't been reported to the ATO. In addition. Your family members and associates who were either partly responsible for the non-compliance or perhaps may have been treated more favorably than other employees as a result of the non-compliance, i.e. your non-payment, may also become personally liable. So this is really important because, as I said, you won't be able to place your company into a liquidation or voluntary administration to avoid Those PAYG and superannuation contribution liabilities. So it's really important that you're on top of what is happening from an accounting perspective within organisations of which you hold a directorship. So, other than this personal liability that we were talking about, what are the penalties for breach of a duty? The Corporations Act imposes many penalties or types of penalties for breaches of certain duties. So these can include fines of up to $200,000, imprisonment and disqualification as a director. As I said before, there's a risk of personal liability for certain debts of the company to the ATO if BASAs haven't been lodged on time or superpaid on time or those sorts of things. And there is also the risk of personal action against a director. And personal actions can be taken against a director by all of these sorts of people, shareholders collectively. The board of directors, if they decide collectively to do so, a liquidator of the company, another director, an employee, a competitor, or the ACCC, for example, if you're breaching restrictive um, trade practices elements of the Competition and Consumer Act, the government, if you're, for example, breaching legislation like the Environmental Protection Legislation, ASIC, third parties, for example, for negligent actions that may have caused loss, and potentially creditors. So the list is very long, as you can see. So now we've done the basics. We've talked basically about who a director is, what the basic duties are as a director, and what the penalties are for breach of a duty. Let's get back to what the hell climate change has to do with this murky area of director's duties. As I said in the beginning, my interest in this topic was raised again recently when I came across a new legal opinion in Australia that warned that directors who don't properly consider climate related risks could be found liable for breaching their duty of applying care and diligence in considering all the risks that might apply to their company. If you recall, I said one of the duties of a director is to apply care and diligence in considering all of the risks. That might apply to the company. It's interesting because this opinion warned that it's irrelevant whether or not directors believe in the science of climate change at all. The reality is that the market indicates that it sees a risks in the types of decisions made by organisations that might be most impacted by climate change. So directors of companies whose value might be greatly impacted by climate change could be seen to be failing to meet the test of care and diligence if they fail to consider the risks and or possibly the opportunities presented by climate change. Quoting directly from this legal opinion, it's likely to be only a matter of time before we see litigation against a director who has failed to perceive, disclose or take steps in relation to a foreseeable climate-related risk that can be demonstrated to have caused harm to a company. And as they said, this might perhaps include reputational harm. Now, I'm not suggesting that climate change risks are likely to be seen as harmful enough to cause a risk of litigation for businesses that you are directors of. Indeed, the only company I can find so far globally where this has turned into an actual litigation is a class action lawsuit in the US against the oil giant Exxon. This was a class action filed by investors for Exxon's failure to disclose climate change risks and their potential impact on the value of the Exxon business. As far as I can see, this is the world's first lawsuit of this kind. But of course, it's only just the beginning in this area. And when tied together with the legal opinion in Australia that I've spoken about, it really highlights how risks for directors Can lurk in unusual places. The opinion here in Australia advised that directors should at least consider the possible effect of climate change risks on their business. Directors must become familiar with the fundamentals of the business and they must keep informed about its activities and the effect that a changing economy may have on the business. So, directors should consider risks, like, for example, climate change risks, and whether those risks will impact the business negatively or positively, and whether anything can be done to alter the risk. So, given most of you probably aren't directors of companies like Exxon, what's the real take-home lessons? I've summarized them now into a few short action steps. So, here we go. Number one, let's start with due diligence. If you take on a role as a director of a company, make sure you do some due diligence in that company before you take on that role because you have to be aware that after some time has passed, you then start to take on liability for some of these things that we've been talking about, including potential personal liability for any debts of the company to the ATO where that triggers personal liability. So before you take on role as a director of a company, do due diligence. My second action step is to make sure the companies that you're a director of lodge on time. During your period as a director, make sure the bazas are lodged and paid on time and superannuation is lodged and paid on time. If cash is tight in a business, ensure the business doesn't simply stop lodging. You need to ensure that the business still lodges but enters into formal arrangements relating to payment. But just be careful about these. Be careful about whether those arrangements are triggering personal liability, as I talked about earlier. So the third action step is to keep educated. Understand your duties and the risks. Don't bury your head in the sand. You need to ask questions, get advice, and then sensibly weigh up that advice and make a decision about your company's action or inaction. You need to keep close to your professional advisors Like your lawyers, to ensure you're getting support in identifying and dealing with risks in the business. Directors are allowed to rely on advice or information from experts. So, taking this advice from people like your lawyers will help you to get access to that business judgment rule that will help to protect you if indeed anyone does try to take action against you for your role as a director in the company and your role in making decisions on behalf of the organizations that you're director of. So my fourth action step is to put compliance plans in place to ensure that the company complies with all relevant legislation and essentially over and above just being aware of what the risks are in the business and thinking about the risks. Obviously, compliance plans help protect the business From creating risk for itself and loss for itself in the first place. So in this sense, you're trying to reduce the risk of issues actually occurring, not just looking at how you can protect yourself if those risks do occur. The fifth way to protect yourself in the action steps is to take steps to protect your assets. Think about what asset protection strategies you might be able to take to properly protect your assets. There's a whole bunch of strategies that can be used. So just make sure you've properly considered them and whether or not they might be applicable to you. And if you aren't sure what asset protection strategies you can put in place, then go and see your friendly lawyer. Pop onto our Talking Law website and a range of free consultation with one of our lawyers from Aspect Legal to talk about what asset protection strategies might be relevant for you in your position. So, the sixth action step is to consider things like deeds of indemnity for the company in which the company indemnifies the director against liabilities and costs incurred through their position as a director, and also think about insurance like directors and officers insurance. Or commonly known as DO insurance. Seventh action step is if you become aware of a problem, convene a board meeting immediately to discuss the matter and if necessary, get legal advice. The eighth action step if you don't have control over the management of a company, then seriously consider resigning as a director. Don't keep yourself on the hook if you don't need to be. I know often people like to continue to hold directorships in businesses they have equity in, to keep some sense of control. But you just need to be extremely careful in situations where you're making this decision, but don't have day-to-day connection with decisions that are being made in the company, or even worse still, connection with the financial position of the company. And if you decide to resign as a director, remember that you must have the ASIC records updated when you leave, so it's clear that you're no longer a director. So that's it for today. Just as a quick recap, in this episode, we talked about the importance of understanding the breadth of duties as a director. And we talked about the unusual places sometimes that we can find those directors' duties, say, for example, in the area of climate change that is now coming to the fore. And briefly, a recap of the action steps. Take due diligence if you're taking on a role as a director. Make sure you understand the company that you're getting involved with. Lodge on time. Ensure the business is lodging and paying ideally on time. Keep educated and understand your duties and the risks. Don't bury your head in the sand. Put compliance plans in place to ensure that the company is reducing its risk by complying with its requirements and obligations. Protect your assets Consider things like deeds of indemnity from the company and D&O insurance. If you become aware of a problem, get legal advice quickly. And if you don't have control over the management of the company, consider resigning as a director. So that's it. If you'd like more information about this topic, head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au for a free simple guide that we've put together for busy directors in this topic of director's duties and how to avoid personal liability. Through our Talking Law website you'll also be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode if you'd like to read back in more detail about those action steps that we were talking about today. There you'll also find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you'd like help with any of the items that we covered today. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks so much for listening in to Talking Law. This is Joanna Oki. I will see you next time.